0: This is a CBC Podcast.
1: You know, the light has been shone on long-term care, but home care has been sort of left behind in the dust.
2: That's Gwen Stokes. She's worked as a personal support worker in Ontario.
3: And she's talking about the crisis that is facing both staff and clients in home care.
2: Gwen is one of several people we heard from at CBC Marketplace who say home care is at a breaking point.
4: This is a ludicrous system.
3: Today, the CBC's Erica Johnson will take you inside our investigation, originally broadcast in March 2022, into a broken home care system, that's failing families and workers.
2: As we find out whether a home care system driven by profits
5: is costing us all. I'm disgusted with them, absolutely disgusting.
3: Stay with us as we push for answers about how for-profit companies use public funds.
2: And take you on a trip across the world to look at a country that experts say is getting home care right.
4: Hello, welcome to Denmark.
2: I'm Asha Tomlinson.
3: And I'm David Common.
2: You're listening to CBC Marketplace. Today, we want to bring you inside our journey to uncover the state of home care.
3: Yeah, this is an issue that we started investigating in January 2022. And um, many people will be familiar with Erica Johnson's work. She's a senior investigative reporter with CBC News Go Public. Uh, Before that, though, she was a longtime host at CBC Marketplace who did a lot of work on this story with the team. And so we're lucky to have her with us.
6: Hey, David. Hi, Asha. Happy to be here.
3: To begin with, we decided the best way to understand what's going on in home care would be to go to the front lines. Mm -hmm. So, CBC Marketplace talked to people who are in the thick of it that's the workers themselves.
6: Yeah, we wanted to connect with people who work inside people's homes. In Ontario, as you know, they're called personal support workers, or PSWs, but they have other titles in other parts of the country. PSWs are different from most nurses because they deliver care inside the home, and they're often working with people with physical or cognitive disabilities and people who are elderly. And they help with everything from showering, to using the bathroom, to meal prep, Even
2: housework. And you know, CBC Marketplace spent time with two PSWs back in January 2022 both who were taking a big risk by talking to
6: us, right? Yeah, the PSWs we spoke with were working for two of Canada's largest home care companies, Paramed and Bayshore. We had a lot of conversations with them, and then they agreed to let us tag along during a day at work. Their employers didn't know that CBC Marketplace was joining them. One of the PSWs, a man we're going to call Jay today, was with Paramed. We agreed not to reveal his name to protect his job. But another Another PSW, Gwen Stokes, was fine to be identified. She was working for a home care company called Bayshore. And Gwen told us she believes higher-ups had no idea what was happening in the field.
1: You know, the light has been shone on long-term care, but home care has been sort of left
6: behind in the dust.
3: Erica, bring us inside that day in the life of those two PSWs. Where did you begin?
6: The day really began in a rush, David. You know, PSWs have little time to get from client to client. You know, their appointments can be as little as 10 minutes apart. I started out by asking about the clients Gwen Stokes and Jay were visiting. We're kind of booking it here. Are you always on the go like this? Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Usually I'm running at least a few
6: minutes behind. What can you tell us about the first person you're seeing? He's in his
0: 60s.
1: And he is terminally ill with a brain tumor. So I have to get him up and in his wheelchair.
0: She has MS. I cook her a meal and do little tasks like that around the house for her.
2: It's clearly important work and they're dealing with very serious conditions. There's also a growing demand for PSWs.
6: Yeah, there is a real shortage. And according to Jay, a major issue for PSWs is the pay.
0: There's a huge need for this kind of work, and it should be valued more. We're taking care of people's loved ones, so I think we should start at $20. Like That just seems like common sense. What does it start
6: at now? (laughs)
0: It's not a lot more than minimum wage.
6: (laughs) We spoke with Jay in January of 2022. PSWs working in home care in Ontario at that time started at $16.50 an hour. I should say, though, that shortly after we aired our investigation in April of 2022, the Ontario government brought in the Wage Enhancement Program, and it gives PSWs an additional $3 an hour above base hourly pay for every hour of direct care.
3: But there's an interesting note here that PSWs are only getting paid for the time they're actually with clients. And Erica, I guess that doesn't include the time they spend traveling to get there.
6: That's right. You know, PSW appointments range from 15 minutes to an hour, maybe two hours for a high needs patient. And then they have to make their way to the next client. And Jay told us that person can sometimes be on the other side of town. Do they map it out to try to keep places close together? or
0: No, they often don't really think about keeping things clustered together. Let's talk about the hourly wage for PSWs.
2: Last year in Saskatchewan, where the government delivers home care, we checked and the hourly wage for a PSW called a continuing care assistant in that province starts at $23.17.
6: A higher wage than Ontario. Why is that? Well, that's because across Canada, home care is publicly funded. So the government pays for it. But how it's delivered is a mishmash of public and private. So some provinces deliver public home care themselves, like Saskatchewan, but others, like Ontario, contract not-for-profit and for-profit companies to deliver it. And this often makes a difference in pay for workers. Our research found that private companies often pay less. And experts we spoke to say that's because of the need for those companies to make a profit for shareholders.
3: Uh, you talked to one advocate, Natalie Mara, about this in February of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie heads up the Ontario Health Coalition, which is this group fighting to remove profits from care.
6: Yeah, and when we asked Mara if the quality of care that for-profit companies provide is inferior to the not-for-profit companies, here's what she had to say.
4: Across the board in home care, there is not enough funding going to the actual front lines. What we do know is is that the for-profits take their markup from the difference between what they pay people and the amount of money that they're paid.
6: And that's not all. Here's what she said about what's happened in Ontario.
4: No one has privatized to the extent that Ontario is dead. All of that administration has to be paid for. It's paid for out of public dollars. Then their profits have to be paid for. That has to be paid for out of public dollars.
6: And the PSW we mentioned earlier who worked for Bayshore, Gwen Stokes, told us workers often become close to the people they're caring for. And when that client dies, PSWs often can't take a moment to process what happened. They just have to carry on.
1: You know, I have been with clients who I've had who have passed away at home while I was with them. And then I'd have to go to the next client.
3: As part of this investigation, CBC Marketplace also spoke to some of the people who depend on personal support workers.
6: Yeah, these are people who depend on paramed to deliver care. And while we were following the PSWJ on a shift in January 2022, we spoke with one of his clients and he told us that the care he often got was appalling. This client was an elderly man with mobility issues, so he was stuck in his chair, unable to move without risking a serious fall. He was too nervous to be identified because he worried it would affect the care he was getting, but he did share some of his experience with home care. When we spoke to him in January, 2022, he said he wasn't getting visits on time. He would sometimes have to wait for hours for a visit. And there were some appointments where the personal support worker just didn't show up at all.
5: The weekends are by far the worst, and that's when the PSW staff books off.
6: What happens when they don't show up?
5: Ultimately, in sheer frustration, I get up on my own, taking the risk.
2: You heard similar things from another person who relies on PSWs. What did they tell you?
6: We did. We spoke to Penny Moore, who lives in London, Ontario, and she knows all about missed home care visits. We talked to her in January of 2022, and she told us that no one from Paramed showed up for her last four appointments. Now, Penny uses a wheelchair, and she needs help to shower, but she said sometimes she doesn't even get notified that her personal support worker won't be coming.
1: We love to have a call to say, you're not coming...
6: So you haven't had a shower for over two weeks? Yeah. What is that like?
1: Um, excuse
6: me. It's upsetting. We reached out to Penny Moore for an update, and she says there are still missed PSW visits. She still doesn't get any notice, but she told us there is more consistency in the PSW who does come.
3: Okay, this struck me. One reason some visits were getting missed, according to p s w j Paramed sometimes scheduled him to see two different people at the same
6: time. How often do you get a double booking on your schedule?
0: Probably uh, once a week at least i'll have a i'll I'll look at my schedule and it'll be overlapped or double booked
6: well why would the company do that?
0: They can make double what they make in an hour sometimes, and they're shorting the the client
6: <laughs> you know. It begs the
2: question, just how many visits do home care companies miss and still get
6: paid for? You know, I think that is a question a lot of people wonder, Asha, and it's hard to know. A 2021 Auditor General's report in Ontario said that home care companies don't have to report how often they miss visits. It also said that the Ontario government doesn't get involved in resolving the complaints. CBC Marketplace wanted more information, but we were told it could take months to get this data back and that if we ask for specific information about the companies involved in the complaints, we would have to ask for their permission for it to be released. Natalie Mara from the Ontario Health Coalition said that even if we were able to get those numbers, they might not really reflect what's happening because she says not all of the missed visits get reported to the companies.
4: Clients actually give up on calling in to complain because it's become normal, normalized in home care.
6: Do you think the company is still billing for that visit?
4: Yes, Yeah. The ways in which it happens can be um, people don't complain and therefore it's not marked. The companies purposefully or not purposefully don't track very well and they get paid anyway.
6: Even though nobody showed up.
4: No care delivered, but the money still flows.
2: So why is home care in crisis? Policy and health experts we spoke to in February 2022 told us it's because provincial governments use tax dollars to build more and more nursing homes and don't invest as much as we need in home care. In 2022, Ontario announced more funding for long-term care.
5: We committed
6: $6.4 billion dollars To build 30,000 new long-term care beds by 2028. That's Ontario Premier Doug Ford at a press event in February 2022. Now, long-term care, sometimes called nursing homes, that option is very important for many people. But according to a national survey published by the National Institute on Aging in October 2020, almost every single person over 65 said they plan to age at home as long as possible.
3: Okay, but if people want to stay at home as long as possible, they'll need the supports to do that. And that's things like home care. So is the Ontario government actually investing in home care?
6: Well, in 2021, the government invested half a billion dollars in home care. And then there was that wage bump I mentioned for PSWs in April of 2022. And in the same year, the government announced another one billion dollar investment over three years.
3: So the money is starting to flow, it seems like.
6: Well, there has been a lot of criticism about that money because uh, it's it's slow to come, say critics. Mm. But, you know, there is a financial argument for home care. It's more affordable. Oh, much more affordable. Uh, home care is a choice that makes financial sense, no matter how you slice it. According to the Ontario government, in 2021, care at a hospital cost over $700 a day. At a long-term care facility, the cost was about $210 a day, But the cost of home care was only about $90 a day.
3: Um, After hearing that number, of course, we wanted to know more. So CBC Marketplace spoke with an expert about this.
6: Yeah, we did. We uh, interviewed Dr. Samir Sinha. He's a leading geriatrician who consults on health policy. We spoke to him in February of 2022. And he says investing in home care is just common sense. You don't have to be a mathematician to
3: realize that the care that most people actually want is actually the most cost effective for the taxpayer.
6: Dr. Sinha says the solution is to invest more in home care instead of building more nursing homes. And that's what he told the Ontario government in the fall of 2019. Dr. Sinha and the National Institute on Aging presented the government with recommendations to divert some of the investment towards long-term care beds to a home care strategy that could keep more Ontarians out of nursing homes. But he said they didn't listen. So we asked Dr. Sinha why he thinks there isn't a bigger focus on funding home care. If home care is what people want, why aren't we investing more in it?
3: Well, how do the developers make their money?
6: You're saying our approach is driven by developers and their bottom line. That's why we build long-term care and we don't support home care sufficiently.
3: Yeah, I mean, if I want to be absolutely crass, I'll say our current approach now, in my view, is actually focused more on supporting business as of supporting individuals.
5: had a big heart. And he was very family oriented He was always singing.
4: You say you met your soulmate? I met my soulmate.
3: That's Trevor McLean and his mom Maxine in January 2022 talking about his father, the late Mike McLean. You just heard him sing a little bit there, but Trevor and his mom were up against home care giant Bayshore.
6: Yeah, um, Mike had blood cancer and he had been fighting it for some time. He was in Ottawa Hospital. He was discharged to go home and get palliative care from Bayshore. But his family said the care the company provided Mike was far from sufficient. And let's dive into that a bit
2: more. What sort of care were they expecting?
6: Well, Bayshore provided families a list of promises before they provided home care. And Maxine thought her husband Mike would be well taken care of. I was told that I would have all the help I needed. Bayshore said they'd have a person available to answer calls 24 hours a day, that they would be provided a care plan, that families would receive a timely response to requests for service. But Trevor said Bayshore did not deliver on those promises.
5: Uh, you might as well uh, flush her down the toilet. I'm disgusted with them. Absolutely disgusted.
3: Well, you certainly feel for the family here, the burden of care falling them. Um, Take us through what happened.
6: Well, Trevor's actually a former personal support worker himself, and so he said he knows that the way the family was treated was wrong because of his experience. Uh, Much of the care that Bayshore was supposed to provide, such as addressing bed sores and medication, fell on the family. Here's what he said happened.
5: When the nurses were there, they said, well, you're a medical background, you know how to do these procedures, and we explained to them we don't want my dad to be my patient, I want him to be my dad. And they said, well, we don't have enough staff.
6: Bayshore also sent the family a kit described as end-of-life medications to ease the transition to death. They're prescribed by a doctor and often provided to palliative patients so they're on hand in the household when the time comes to use them. But once a patient takes those drugs... They often don't wake up.
5: They expected my daughter to inject their father with these drugs. My daughter was an RN, and it had to be an RN or a doctor.
6: They said that,
5: um, you're a healthcare family. You've seen people die before. I said, well, you can just forget it. Mike died six
6: weeks later. What did the family say happened at that point? Uh, It's really indescribable, Asha. Uh, The McLeans told us right after Mike died, they didn't know what to do. They called Bayshore looking for help. But again, they were left on their own.
5: So she calls back about 15 minutes later and she says, you have to immediately start CPR and call 911 and have an ambulance come. And I said, "Uh, I don't think you realize that we are way past the point of any kind of resuscitation he is he's he's dead, but I need the doctor to come and say that and they wouldn't they wouldn't do it
6: yeah you can hear in his voice just how distraught he was and and continues to be uh, you know and and they told us that For over a week leading up to Mike McLean's death, no one from Bayshore came to check in on him. So Maxine filed a complaint with Bayshore, and meantime, the McLean's family was still dealing with the grief of losing their father.
5: It's people's lives. You know, it's not just the people that they're treating. It's us, the families that are left over, that are broken. Maybe you folks with your program can get somebody to listen and see that what they're doing is wrong.
6: We recently reached out to Trevor McLean, and Trevor told us nothing has changed. The family never heard back from Bayshore. They are still left with no answers, and he says their family hasn't been the same since.
4: Hello, welcome to Denmark.
3: All right, CBC Marketplace went international, searching for solutions. And that took us to Denmark. We're looking for a better, more dignified way to provide care at home.
6: Denmark is hailed as the gold standard for home care by experts. And, you know, there are a lot of similarities to Canada. They also have public health care and an aging population. But Denmark took a different approach back in the late 80s. It stopped the rapid growth of nursing homes and instead focused on improving home care delivered by the government. So it all means a lot of support to help keep people independent and at home. Denmark
3: is it a- monumental shift. They did an aggressive policy to expand and provide good, high-quality home care.
2: Now, this is the really intriguing piece of the story. We wanted to see this policy in action. CBC Marketplace traveled to Denmark in March 2022 with Dr. Sinha to find out more about What's actually happening there?
6: Yeah, our team went all the way to a city southwest of Copenhagen where we met a fellow by the name of Johnny. He was getting rehab with a trained PSW twice a week. It is to strengthen his legs. We're told that the idea here is to spend money on prevention, keep him out of more expensive long-term care. It's a program that's overseen by Camilla Hoveland. We interviewed her in March 2022. She manages home care for the region, and she told us, when you turn 80 in Denmark, get this, everyone gets a home care visit. To say, hey, how are you? Do you need some help? Or are you
4: actually doing it very fine yourself? And that's not all. We actually have the resources to help those who need a lot of help, like 10 hours per day.
3: 10 hours a day? <laughs> yes. Okay. It seems like a lot. What I mean, what do you get in Canada?
6: Well, you're lucky, very lucky, if you get three hours a day. You know, most okay, get far difference. less. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Okay. So what are the chances of this sort of model coming to Ontario?
6: You know, it's really hard to say. We asked Dr. Sinha what he thought about that back in February of 2022. You made recommendations to the Ontario government about how things could improve. Yeah, they ignored it and they've decided that
3: they're just going to warehouse more older people. That breaks my heart.
2: All right, now let's get to the accountability piece of this. Let's start with the companies. What did Bayshore and Paramed have to say
6: about our findings? Well, in 2022, we reached out to both companies for a response. And at the time, we tried to get answers from Bayshore for weeks prior to our broadcast. They referred us to Home Care Ontario. That's the association that represents Bayshore and other home care companies. We also reached out to Paramed, which is owned by Extendicare, a national long-term care conglomerate. Paramed also told us that Home Care Ontario would speak on its behalf. But that never happened. No one agreed to talk on camera. They did send us a statement at the time saying home care is in a staffing crisis and they need the government's help to pay staff more money. Now, we recently reached out again for comment. Bayshore decided not to provide an updated statement. Paramed and Home Care Ontario did not respond.
3: Okay, let's get to how the provincial government in Ontario has responded. The team did request an interview with the government, but they declined.
6: We learned that Ontario's Minister of Health at the time, Christine Elliott, was making an announcement at Bayshore's own offices in March of 2022. Simply put, an investment in our nurses is an investment in our future. A Bayshore national director was also there, and so was the head of Home Care Ontario. And one of our producers who took the opportunity to push hard for answers.
4: Experts say for-profit shouldn't be part of home care. With such limited funding, why is so much of it going to for-profit companies? The health minister said she stood behind Bayshore
6: and other home care companies.
4: Bayshore provides excellent care as do many of the other
6: private providers and our government is going to continue to make investments in home care. Our producer tried to get another question in.
4: We've spoken to people who say that you haven't lived up to your commitments as a home care provider.
6: And what you don't see here is the door closing on
4: us. What do you have to say to them?
3: All right, lots to think of um, still when it comes to for-profit home care and how the system could be better here.
6: Mm-hmm. Families, the clients, and the workers all have real issues with the way this system works. And I'd like to end today by circling back to Gwen Stokes, the PSW we heard from earlier who worked for Bayshore. She told us that the work was affecting her personally. How much longer can you keep doing this?
1: As a matter of fact, tomorrow is my last day.
6: You're getting I, out?
1: I'm out, yeah. There are just too many negatives, too many things that I... I'm not able to overcome.
6: And what about Jay, the PSW who worked for Paramed? Any updates from him? Well, he resigned from his job earlier this year. He's now working for a different home care company, a nonprofit, and he says they don't pile on as many clients and the pay is a bit better. Thank you so much for sharing these details with us today, Erica. Great to be here, guys. <music>
3: This investigation was produced by Tiffany Foxcroft and Katie Peterson.
2: Our sound design was by Sam McNulty.
3: Special thanks to Lauda Antonelli for technical work.
2: The podcast was produced by Shiloh Fagan. The senior producer is Shannon Higgins.
3: And our executive producer is Nalisha Valani.
2: I'm Asha Tomlinson.
3: And I'm David Common. Thanks very much for listening to CBC Marketplace.